Welcome to Couch Buddies. I'm Kia. I'm Michelle. And this is something a little bit different um, than than kind of what we've we've been doing. And in this, we're we just kind of want to talk about like other couples, like fictional couples that we enjoy. Movies only cover so much. You know, you can't see like a relationship evolve and change. Uh, also, there's so much in TV that it's impossible to cover all of it. Yes, and as I was, you know, as I've mentioned before, you and I have literally had hour long or hours plural yeah. long conversations about you know like pairings from TV and and books and things, and we wanted to to take the opportunity to kind of discuss some of those. I know, like we we each have a list. Yeah. Of of our favorite couples, um, and and we have you know some where they overlap, where we'll sometimes pick one of those couples and discuss them together. Um, but this time to to start us off, we've each picked picked a favorite couple. We we stuck with television this time, but we we will definitely delve into books, probably comics. Who knows? We might venture into video games because I have some feelings about Dragon Age Origins and romancing Alistair. I have some feelings about Dragon Age Origins and Mass Effect. So (laughs) So, yeah, so we we might delve into that at some point. Um, But today um, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite TV couples. And this is mainly because I have been mainlining the show uh, because it is all 15 seasons are now available on Hulu at the moment. Um, talking about ER and my favorite couple from that show and just from television in general. And it's uh, Carol Hathaway and Doug Ross. Good couple. Played by Juliana Margulies and uh, and George Clooney. It's based on his name for a split second. I'm like, the guy with the face. <laughs> he definitely has the face. <laughs> yes, he has the face. And they were uh, together, sort of like on the show, in... They were really only together in like the first five seasons of the show because that's when when uh, Clooney his his movie career was taking off, yep. um, and so he he left the show to pursue more to pursue more pursue more of a film career. So he left midway through season five. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad that wasn't successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So so he left. Um, he left midway through season five, and so the the Carol Doug relationship kind of got put on hold for a little bit until she un, until Julianne Margulies left at the end of season six, and so Carol decides that she can't like she has to be with Doug and goes to him, and that's all we see of them until like the last season when we have one episode with the two of them again. Um, full disclosure: I have not seen that episode because. Well, ER lasted for most of my childhood and into college for yeah. me. The show started in 94. Mm-hmm. I was in fourth grade when the show started. When it ended, I had already graduated college. So yeah. That's, yeah. that's an achievement. It ran from 94 to 2009. I was so, married. Like I oh went from being God. in elementary to being married before it ended. Wow! Uh, yeah, because I got married in '08, so yeah. that is staggering. I, grad- I got through all of high school and college and got married. That is staggering to think it's about. Crazy to think about. Oh my gosh! You said that, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" That was the year after I got married. Wow, that is like that's mind-boggling. Yeah, but but you know, for those of you who may not have seen it, which you really should, ER is a fantastic show. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. I can't believe it's it's been off the air for a decade 
almost you know yeah. it's not quite in 2019 it'll be a decade yeah but it's close it's close enough um but it's such a good show um and excellent acting camera work directing like my husband and i have been watching it too yeah and he's never seen it before but like i was reading an article about it too just the other day yeah and they talked about how fresh it feels even Mm -hmm. now partially because we're in a world we're in a gray's anatomy world which gray's anatomy is season 14 i think next season 15 so it's at the same yeah level as er um but the thing the thing about it makes it so different because I've watched some Grey's Anatomy too, not a lot, but some. Mm-hmm. The camera work is so dynamic, and and the lighting and the colors and it's and, yeah. Oh, it's just because I'm not trying to like poo poo Grey's Anatomy or whatever. It's it's a fine show. It's just not. ER just feels slightly more dynamic. Yeah, and they're well. I mean, they're compared frequently. The first seasons of ER, the what I'm on, is much less about everyone's romantic lives and more about how being yes. in ER affects them. Yes, exactly. Um, and so it's really interesting to see, like, we were watching one of my husband, who's not usually a huge, like, cinemaphile. Right. Went, oh my goodness, back it up and watch that camera shot. Yeah. Or we'll be, like, halfway through a scene and he'll go, this has all been one, one shot. shot. What in the it world? Is, it is crazy how long there is between cuts there on the show. There are long takes, which is really rare in television now. It really, really, and like, and and this was pre golden age of television. The, yeah, it really was. Um, but it is, it's a phenomenal show, and and as we, as Michelle just said, um, in the early seasons, it's definitely more about sort of the medicine yeah. than it is about the the interpersonal lives. I'm like, there, there's, it, it blends. It's, it's not the romantic lives, I would yes. say, because like, well, there's lots of. There's lots of, of, of information and, and right. lives that are happening. But especially the first couple of seasons, it's really just in relation season to the two. ER. Yes. With, I would say with the exception of Carol, because Carol and Doug and Tag in the first season. Yes. And then Mark and his wife in the first season yeah. are really the only... Well, and that, I think that's the thing. Like, because you have, you have Mark, who's married. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you have Mark, the family man, in contrast to... to Doug, like the human disaster in the first season. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because literally the first time you see Doug, he's been brought in because he's drunk off his ass and essentially, like, he has to be sobered up really quickly because he's coming on shift soon. So he's coming to the ER so Mark can hook him up to an IV and he can sleep it off for a couple of hours. And they act like this is a pretty ca- and it, casual yeah. thing. And it's, it's a, to be fair, it's that, a common occurrence. To be fair, that only happens in the pilot. Though. It only that happens, doesn't happen again. It only happens in the pilot. But Doug continues to be a bit of a disaster human <laughs> for a while. Oh, Doug is um, Doug. Even yeah. even when he gets his act together, he's still a bit of a disaster. Yeah. Um, but that's curbed by the influence of Carol, and because the we're told from the like from the get go from the pilot that Doug and Carol used to have a thing, but mm-hmm. now, you know, she's seen somebody else. You can tell it is very obvious that he still harbors feelings for her. But at the beginning, and the, you you might have a different, you might have a different opinion on this, but to me, it always felt a little bit like he kind of wanted her because he couldn't have her now. Like in, in the very early, like the very early days. I can definitely it see all, that. And it, yeah, just kind of in that because there's there's almost this desperation of like I have to have her. And so, but 
at the beginning, you'd never quite know why, other than, like, they used to date and it ended horribly. Yeah. And and now she's with some other guy and she's all he can think about. Like, now that, like, despite the fact that he has a revolving door of women in his life. Yeah. It's like, Carol's the one that he thinks... You know, like who the yeah. one that he thinks, you know, like she she's the one and I have to have her. But we're never given any good reason as to why. And he, he acts like they're inevitable. Like there's yeah. no one else for him really. But he sleeps with all the other people. And like he makes her a yeah. cheater. Like not he makes her, but they <laughs> they have an affair before the show started. Like you find that yeah. out halfway through season one or so. Yeah. That they, that had, they had an, an affair. affair. And and it's it always felt like I think at the beginning, um, you know, like for the times that they were together, they didn't bring out the best in each other. Yeah, and that was that was part of the reason why it didn't work. And so, so we have, you know, in season one, Carol gets engaged to another doctor who works at the hospital, and, um, and you you get the sensation like she loves Tag, but she's not in love with him he's her safety net yes exactly that that's a perfect way because the other thing that's kind of important is that she tries to commit suicide in the first yes she does and And tag sticks with her through through all of that which is part of why i think she feels like she almost owes it to tag yes to stay with him yes yes yes. that's the word that i was looking for was that she owes it to him and um and so the season one ends like the the finale of season one is you have uh, Carol and Tag's wedding. And so it's like, it's been, the entire season has been leading up to this. Yep. And, and so at, at the very end, like they're getting ready to go into the church and Tag pulls her aside and is basically like, you don't love me, do you? She's like, mm, not really, but I could. And it, he's just like, yeah, I don't, that's not the kind of marriage I want. I deserve better. Yeah. Is like yeah. Which, for the record, I hate leaving the leaving the person at the altar thing. Have that conversation, I, like yes, we've talked I, about that. Yes, anyway, yes, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that. Tags had multiple opportunities to have that conversation. He with her. really, really has. Um, but it, but from Tags, like if you remember her and Tag, he um, there's a lot. He's like he's just like he just keeps pushing and like he's just railroading. Yeah. Like because I think yeah. like he thinks that she's. She, I'm like trophy wife is the only thing I can think of saving is like she, like she's the perfect like set piece for him basically. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's some weird stuff in that. My husband and I were talking about it because because I haven't watched season one since 1994 and I wasn't even ten. <laughs> so I mean I was eight years old. Yeah. When that show would have aired, at the like maybe. Yeah. So so I don't remember a lot of the first mm-hmm. season stuff. So there's at one point an episode ends and Tag is really mad at her because he found out about the affair and he stomps off and the next thing you know they're fine again. Yeah, I know. There's some weird it's, jumps like that. that yeah, that are there, weird. there's a few. There's a few weird jumps like that. Um, but you know, season two, I can't remember. Like she ends up, she ends up dating somebody else and like there, really season two is a growth season. For yeah, both characters. See, season two is, um, and then you know, and again like. The revolving door keeps on spinning for Doug. He tries. He tries to have... And I can't remember if it's season... I know it would be... It would be the end of... It would be in season two. Where, you know, because he's, he's had... I can't remember her character's name, but Andrea Parker. Andrea Parker. Yeah. yeah she's he, Andrea Parker. You don't have to yeah, remember her name. Yeah, she's Andrea Parker. It's like... 
is not Diane. It's it's like Diane. It might be Diane. It might be Diane because I always want to call her Debbie too, but I know that's not right. Yeah, she's a pharmaceutical what, rep. Who cares? Yeah, she's so like he has her for a while. It that's a kind of off like, and she says he's not marriage material. material. Yes. Yeah. And and like and then he he tries to make things work with with somebody who works in uh, risk management at the hospital because he meets her son. He meets her son. That's the thing about Doug. Doug is constantly looking for family. Yes, exactly. And um, so, like, he tries to make that work, and, like, he makes some bad decisions as far as <laughs> relationships are concerned. Even relationships. Like, he has a one-night stand with a woman who, like, ends up doing heroin or some, something in his apartment. And she was, I think, I can't remember if it's epileptic or diabetic. Epileptic. Epileptic. Yeah. Has a seizure, like, ends up, like, he's having to rush her to the hospital, like knows nothing about the woman. But Didn't, she left her bracelet in his yeah. apartment. So no and one so, knew. Yeah. So, so this woman, he has a one night stand with ends up dying. Um, and just continuous stuff like that. And then he's very self-sabotaging. He re that, that's something I have in my notes. Ugh. Um, and Carol through all of this, she, you know, she's kind of having some of her own ups and downs. She's, um, in season one, when she's with Tag, like she tries to to adopt, um, she try, or try, to try to be a foster mom to a little Russian girl mm-hmm. um, with AIDS. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did she have AIDS? That okay, was, that was the whole thing. Tag didn't want to adopt her because right. he doesn't want to sit there and watch a baby die. Okay, but yeah, so you know, through all this, like Carol is having her own like trials and tribulations and ups and downs, and she and Doug they kind of keep gravitating towards each other. And so like, you know, he'll show up at her apartment late at night with flowers, like trying to make this big sweeping declaration to win her back. And she shuts the door in his face kind of thing. (laughs) And, you know, and then, you know, she will have like a really, really terrible day and, and like ditch all of her responsibilities that like she's supposed to do and like kind of walks around in a fugue state and then ends up at his apartment because it's the only place that makes sense for her. Yeah. And they keep coming back to one another. And then in season three, they kind of end up getting together, but like keeping it hush hush because it's at Carol's insistence because one, she feels like it's not anybody's business to know that they're together, but also because it's like, well, everybody knows we tried this before and it didn't work. So let's not give them the opportunity to like to shoot holes like before yeah. before we have the chance to see if it's going to work. And and it's during this there's there's an episode. It's such a good episode where uh, where Doug gets the call that his dad dies. Fathers and sons. Yes, fathers and sons. And and so he flies out to flies out west. I can't remember where. Is it, it's, it's New Mexico, New Mexico. I believe, because then they because then they drive to San Francisco San yes. to Mark's family, too. San Diego, San Diego, whatever, yeah. California, um, somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, so so they drive they drive out west to deal with the death of of Doug's Doug's father, and it's during this and like and he he goes with with Mark Green and like Mark and Doug are best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that that what, they it's like they they have one of the best bromances and it predates the word bromance. Fathers and Sons is season four, episode seven. Is so it? You know. I really thought it was season three. I thought I had just watched it. Holy we're on season Jesus! Four. <laughs> Holy Jesus! Season three ends with with Mark being attacked and, and everything going that, on. With that that's right. And okay, then, so you have season four I am, is where I have binge watched so much. I am like more than two. Like I am 
more than halfway through season six. Yeah. So some of the finer details have blended together yeah, that, for me. The point was more like, I just wanted you to know that is an excellent episode. Yes. Season and, four episode. And so you have, yeah. you know, Mark and Doug are kind of having like this heart to heart. And, and, and Doug, Doug tells Mark, uh, talking about Carol, like she's kind of come up, um, kind of come up during this trip and you know Mark's teasing and everything like like friends <laughs> like friends do and and Doug tells him the, you know the quotes you know, I'm in love with her I mean I used to think I knew what love was I cared about a lot of women I just don't think I've ever really been in love I think about her all the time I don't like it when I'm not with her I don't want to be with anybody else that's love isn't it and and that moment for me marks such a growth in Doug mm-hmm and because like you see him and Carol together, but because it's, uh, you know, because they're still trying to keep things quiet, you know, they're not broadcasting. Like they're they're not really having moments at like in the ER. It's all happening, you know, mm-hmm. outside the hospital, and so you don't get to see like the you know the full kind of bloom of their relationship. But like I said, I just I love everything about them. And like once once they finally you know like Carol shows up in New Mexico, mm-hmm. um, and like surprises Doug, um, and like and helps him through the whole thing with his dad. Um, later they do finally like make an announcement to everybody in the ER that they're together. Literally no one is surprised. Money starts changing. Hands. Money changes hands. Um, and, and and then that that's the moment when you know like that Doug picks like oh well you know like you all might have known that we're together but like what you don't know is that I want this woman to marry me come on everybody help me change your mind <laughs> and, and she you know Carol's like oh you you can't be serious like oh no absolutely I am and for somebody who has like run from like even like the barest hint of commitment. For him to be proposing to Carol, it's so huge, and and for her to have to have gotten out of a relationship that almost ended in marriage, you know, like a, that almost had a marriage, mm-hmm. and you know, f- so for her to so for her to like decide like, okay, yes, Doug is the one that I want to marry. They have a couple of they they each have like after this point in the relationship where it is established that they are together they are they're engaged they're living together they want to be married you know um they start talking kids at some point and like they still they each still have their moments of self-sabotage oh yeah because there's a whole and you and I talked about this. We both hate the manufacturing of drama for drama's sake. Yeah. There's a whole interlude where Doug is, like, he's planned to have, like, Carol meet him. Yeah. I just watched this. Yeah, movie. yeah. He's he's planned to have Carol meet him. And, like, he's, he's working Mark in on this whole thing. And it's this whole, like, secret rendezvous, basically. And what he's doing is he's setting things up to, like, that that they're going to go get married that night. Carol knows nothing about it other than she's supposed to meet him at a certain time and place. For a surprise. For a surprise. Which she hates. She hates. Doesn't know, like, what is happening, but he's arranged it. So, like, they're going to get married that night. Yeah. And she, and like, like stuff ends up happening with the, like, with, uh, with, uh, like, because she... With George Eads' paramedic. Yes, George Eads' <laughs> if paramedic. You've seen, if you've seen CSI, that's yeah. Nick Stokes from CSI. <laughs> Nick Stokes. I could not remember his name. 
Uh, so, and then, so she has this whole thing of like, she's been doing a ride along with Mm -hmm. paramedics and this really horrible thing happens. Mm -hmm. Like everything gets emotional and she kisses the paramedic and misses her rendezvous with Doug finally goes home and he's pacing the floor. Like terrified. He was worried about her. He was terrified and worried about her. And, and when she tells him, you know, like, no, I was with, I was with so-and-so and I kissed him and he naturally gets angry. He handles it really well. He handles though. it very, very well. Like there's no screaming and yelling and nothing like that. That's no, not how they like roll that. really. He, no, it's not. And he's like, okay, okay. And he kind of like swallows it. And he's like, okay, well, I'm just glad you're home safe and I'm going to go now. Yeah. And, and he leaves and, and it takes a couple of episodes after that for them to kind of get an equilibrium back. Yeah. But at at one point, you know, she she expresses all of her fears to him of like this is moving so fast. Like I feel like I can't breathe. Like I just like can we slow down? And so for him it's a bit of a blow because he's never been in this place before. And so now that the, you know, now that she's telling him this, he doesn't quite know how to take it. He wants to rush, rush, mm-hmm. rush, and she's wanting to slow down. And so they're trying; they have to find somewhere to meet in the middle. And so it's a, it's one of my favorite moments on the show. Like a couple mm-hmm. of episodes later, where, you know, they they've been at odds with each other all through the ER, and then finally, you know, like at the end of the episode, he just kind of comes up quietly behind her and says, "I'll wait." And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. he's, he's giving Great her, moment. yeah, he's giving her time. He's giving her space. And so they kind of just exist in that place for, for the rest of the run until he leaves. And then, you know, she goes to join him later of just this sort of this happy kind of bubble that they have of, you know, like living together, being engaged um, and everything. But it just the things that like, I love, they have, one, Julian and Margulies and, and George Clooney just have a great chemistry together. Yeah. They do. But, like, it's not it's not the, like, fireworks that you see with a lot of, uh, that you see with a lot of sort of, like, on-screen couples. It's more of, like, the know that I have here is, like, they just have such an easy affection for one another. Yeah. And it just feels so natural. It's a constant affection, too. Even yes. when they're angry at each other, they're still... Even when she's marrying Tag, even when he's dating one of the other hundreds of women he dates, Mm -hmm. there is still an affection and a support. And honestly, when he's going through the crap he's going through, like bringing in that girl, Mm -hmm. she's, I think, the only person in the whole thing that doesn't judge him. She doesn't. Everyone else, including his best friend. Oh, Mark is super judgy pants. He's not that bad all the time, but that, but, that oh, but for the little while in those few episodes, he, he's really bad. He, Mark, and, okay, for all, like, Mark Green is one of, like, the great television characters. Ugh. He is also one of the most self-righteous. Oh, yeah, and then he, but then he kicks himself in the butt because he has the he same does, problems. right. And, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, the, uh, what I was trying to say was that they're both very supportive of each other and they don't judge each other. Yeah. When it comes to, like, what they're doing in their personal life even when they're, when they're not together. Because, like, the first... Right. They're not really together until, like, the end of season three-ish. Yeah. Kind of end of season yeah. three. Middle, middle to end of season three. Yeah. It's hard to remember um, But, like, they also just have a very natural... Like, their relationship 
grows from season like very naturally from season to season yeah it all it makes sense yes it's it is such a natural progression that it it and when i first started rewatching it i had forgotten everything about her being together with tag and like and i remembered doug being a little bit of like a playboy kind of womanizer but just in my head like i thought like that all got like I thought that all got worked out like season one, maybe beginning of season two. And like that Doug and Carol were together for much longer. Nope. Like I was just waiting expectantly of like, okay, they're together now. Can they be together? Why are they not together now? Um, <laughs> Which is usually the question right. we ask in TV and, shows. And the, like one of the last things that I'll say about it um, is, you know, like they, like they both have their moments of doubt and of self-sabotage, but in their relationship, the two of them, they commit to making everything work the mm-hmm. second time around. And it does work, and it works so well. And um, I wish I had written it down, and I'm mad that I didn't, um, that I didn't write the the username, because I did see a post on Tumblr, because, well, I wanted to see if there was anybody out there who was, <laughs> was you know, part of a fandom for something that's been dead for 10 years. Yeah. Um, I wish I had written down the um, written down the username, but I saw on a Tumblr post somebody had said, "Dear showrunners, please take note that this is what a good relationship and a happy ending looks like." Mm-hmm. And I can't say that about a whole lot of other TV characters, like TV couples. True. But Carol and Doug definitely, I think, for me, have one of the most like complete, well-rounded relationships of, yeah. of like the fictional TV couples. The other really cool thing about them, just to jump yeah. off you for a second, they are so supportive of each other. Yes. Like, because before, even before they're together, Carol decides to take, uh, to go back to school and take some classes and, and ultimately take uh, the MCAT. 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 The MCATs. And, Which is, yeah, the thing to get you into med school. And Doug, like, they're not even together, but Doug is so supportive he's of helped, her doing that. Yeah. He's like, he he's got her, her back. He tells her she can do it. Like he's he's there for her consistently, yes. and she's there for him consistently. Like where I'm watching right now with the fellowship stuff, and mm-hmm. and he's lo- sort of losing his job but trying to get a different job, and yeah, it's they're very supportive of each other. I just appreciate that yes. watching it because you don't see that on a lot of TV shows. If the couple's not in a romantic relationship, it's super hard to have a supportive yes moment. And 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 even and nowadays it feels very much like showrunners and writers don't know what to do with a happy couple yeah of like they have to keep manufacturing drama and this is something like you and i have talked about incessantly with you know shows like arrow um which they just didn't anyway i know that's a whole other topic and at some point i am going to talk about oliver and felicity and that's Um, i'm fine with that yes but it's just it's that thing of every like everything seems like to be needless drama for mm-hmm. like for the sake of drama in a relationship, and Carol and Doug didn't have that. But like when they did, it felt honest. Yeah. So. Yeah. But anyway, that's enough of me. So we'll go on to yours. And who do you have this week? Well, I chose a couple that is never a couple on screen except for two episodes. <laughs> Sounds weird. <laughs> um. I chose a couple from the show NCIS, Tony and Ziva. Uh, they I love me some Tiva. Tiva is is a lot of fun. They're uh, my favorite non-coupled couple. Yeah. <laughs> Ziva joined the show in season three, and she stayed till season eleven. Uh, 
I thought she came in in season two. No, she. Kate didn't die till the end of season two. Oh, okay. I really thought Kate died in season one. Nope. Nope. She stays for two seasons. Full disclosure, um. it's been a while since I've watched <laughs> me some NCIS, so. I had to re-dip into some early stuff. Uh, I stopped watching NCIS at se- during season 13, um, which is the season where Tony leaves. Now, Tony and Ziva are played by Michael Weatherly and Cody DiPablo. Mm-hmm. Um, both excellent. There is lots of rumors about why Cody DePablo left, but they've never all been justified or anything like that. So I'm not going to like there, yeah. delve into that. From um, Yeah. They're, from basically what it just kind of boils down to, there just seemed to be a lot of set drama on that show. It it, it seemed like more behind the, like producers than her, than, yeah. than like the cast. The cast didn't seem to have any drama with her at all. Uh, Weatherly and she still get along really well. Right. I still do all kinds of stuff. But um, Michael Weatherly left the show after 13 years. He was on, it was a spinoff of JAG, for those of you who don't know, NCIS called Naval Criminal Investigative Service. It is literally like a CSI type show, only they're actually cops who uh, investigate Navy and Marine crimes, which is a real, it's a real mm-hmm. thing. Um, but the the show was a spinoff of the show JAG, which I was a huge fan of as a kid. Watched it with my parents. Someday I will espouse the wonderfulness of Harm and Mac, the other couple who's only a couple for one episode. Um, but the, the thing about Tony, and like I said, Ziva left at the beginning of season 11. She's in two episodes in season 11. And then at the end of season 13, they kill off her character off screen, which is really upsetting to me as a fan. And I will get to that at I, some point. Yeah. Um, I call I call BS. It's soap opera rules. They're better. There's a body or it didn't happen. I, I will also get to that eventually. <laughs> But you find uh, out you find out there at the very end that um, Ziva apparently got pregnant and didn't tell Tony, and there's now a child, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what they used to get Michael Weatherly off the show because Weatherly was starting his own show called Bull, which I hear is really good. I haven't watched it. My mom loves it. Uh, my mom does too. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, I never really watched it. Uh, but the thing about Tony and Ziva, um, she comes in in season three to replace a character who passed away, like to give them a fourth. A fourth on their team, essentially. Right. Uh, her her brother's the one who killed the person on I, their team. I was going to say, passing away may, yeah, makes, makes it sound nicer. Makes she it gets, sound nicer. She, she gets, gets a bullet to the head. head. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but the thing that, but Ziva actually kills her own brother to get mm-hmm. her place on the team, essentially. Yes. Um, and she winds up, she, she's a Mossad agent. The thing about Ziva, this is like a super cool thing to me. She's one of the, the most, if not the most popular Israeli. Mm-hmm to ever fictional Israeli. Like, yeah. Like I, that's really cool to she's me. So they, good. they are very open about her. Like she has beliefs and, and she's constantly wearing her star of David, mm-hmm. um, which actually becomes like a through thread. Like when yeah. she leaves, she gives it to Tony. Um, so like Tony doesn't know at first when she gets quote unquote killed, if she's dead or not. And he's sitting there holding that thing. Like it's a rosary. Yeah. Um, watching powerful, the, yeah. Yeah. It's so and it's so good, but like they're flirty from the minute they meet. Yes, episode. I think three, that's just Michael Weatherly in general. Season three, episode one. Yeah, they meet, and I think he meets her in a pool the first time, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I've watched the show, but he's following her because they know she's connected to mm-hmm. Ari. I believe is his name. The brother, yeah, yeah, it's, it's Ari. the brother. But they are super flirty from moment one. I mean, episode eight of season three <laughs> is called Undercovers. It's my favorite. And literally, like, the show opens with them undercovers. Like, they they're are, rolling around in bed together. They're rolling together. around in bed together, and you don't know what's going on. 
Uh, you're, it's quickly revealed. <laughs> because, because of the cold open of the show, yeah. it literally leads you to believe that, that, they're Z- sleeping that Ziva and Tony are sleeping together. And it is a wild ride, my friends. Yeah. And they, so they literally, oh, like, that's one of the first, like, real Tony Ziva episodes you get. And they're undercover. So they're good. undercover as married assassins. Yes. So much fun. Um, but they, and they're super flirty for pretty much all of season three. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's a consistent undertone to it. Yes. Very um, much so. The end of season, I went and did some research cause I could not remember a bunch of stuff. The end of season three is when Gibbs leaves, uh, for a little bit. Right. And so Tony takes over the team, but he's also doing an undercover mission mm-hmm. that no one knows about for basically that whole season, uh, with Jean. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was That's like in season, in season Log four. Rory. Yeah, Log Grandly, the, under, okay. the undercover Log Grandly. I was like, Fog like, Rob, that's not it. <laughs> Basically, he's undercover for the whole season, but he's still working. Only the director of NCIS knows that at night, when he says he's dating someone, he's not dating her with his real name. He's, he's turning she's, an asset. Basically. Yeah, she's the daughter of a gun dealer. It's a whole thing. It's it's one of it's one of the reasons I don't really like the director of NCIS character. Uh, Jenny Shepard, not a yeah. huge fan. Oh, yeah, um, me too. She she's a shady lady sometimes. She is. But that because of that, Tony actually ends up falling in love with the asset. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think, well, how does that help the romance with Ziva? Ziva's so there for him. Like like we're yeah. talking about supportive with Doug and Carol. She is so supportive when he has to say goodbye to her essentially. Because Jean, once she finds out that he's not who he pretended mm-hmm. to be and all this kind of stuff, she wants nothing to do with it him. It kind of hurts a relationship knowing well, yeah. that somebody was only trying to turn you for well, an asset. There's yeah. also a moment where you think he's been blown up in that episode. Yeah. And like everybody in NCIS stops what they're doing. I've forgotten and that. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, Ziva looks at Tony as, as Jean, the woman he's, he loves, is leaving. And she said, be a man. Go be a man. Mm-hmm. So essentially man up and yeah. she do. So he goes over to say goodbye to Jean and Jean says, was any of it real? And he says, no, and walks away literally just so Jean can, can let that go. Cause it was real. Yeah. Basically and making it easier that, for her to hate him. That is the mature, one of the most maturing moments for Tony. Yes. Um, Cause Tony is a little bit like Doug. In that, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny that we picked these two. Yeah. We didn't talk about this like, beforehand either. I think Tony, Tony's ever so slightly a little bit more of a man-child than Doug. He's more of a man-child, but he's less of a disaster. Yeah, that's true. Um, And, and honestly, a lot of his man-child is put on. Agreed. Uh, he puts on a, a persona when he's around people. He he wants everybody to see him as the affable big brother. Like that's, Yeah. I, I always assign everybody on the team sort of their own family roles. Yeah. It, until... After Ziva leaves. Because then after that, for me, it's not quite the it same changes, anymore. It changes, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So he, he wants everybody to see him as that. He makes pop culture references Ziva doesn't get, which is always funny. <laughs> That's one um, of my favorite things is like that ongoing back and forth with them. Yeah, she misses American idioms, so he fixes them for her. Yes. He's like, nope, that's wrong. Nope, that's not right either. But so you get that. He has he starts trying to get over Jean. Um, season five is when they go to L.A., with G- with uh, Jenny Shepard, and he hit- takes those pictures of her in her bikini or whatever, <laughs> which That's is only right. only relevant because then the team, the director of NCS gets killed. The team gets split up by the new I director. Get that happened in LA. Yeah, the t- the team gets split up by the new director, 
And when you come back the next season, Tony is an agent afloat, which means he is on board of an aircraft carrier or mm-hmm. a battleship. I don't remember which it is. I think it's an aircraft carrier. I don't carrier. remember either. But it, he is the onboard NCIS agent to investigate anything that happens. But he has the pictures of her on the wall, yeah. which is just another, like, she's offended by it, but I always took it as he needed that link he, to home. Yes, exactly. And she was his link to home. And that's not the, the last time that happens, for sure. Um, but yeah, when they reunite, Ziva is actually seeing someone. Yeah. And his name is Rifkin. Turns out Rivkin is not a good guy. Uh, he's a Mossad agent who has been operating on U.S. soil without permission. Uh, doing He was also doing some terrorist stuff. He's really not a good guy. Um, but Ziva thinks he is. I'm getting so many, like, um, I'm getting some, uh, like, covert affairs vibes. And so I'm, <laughs> so I'm thinking, that's not Oded Fair, is it? Oded Fair doesn't come on to NCIS until later, does he? I don't he? think it's Oded Fair. Okay. Tony, ends up, Tony ends up killing this guy. Uh, they get into a fight okay. over a weapon. Not, they wouldn't waste Oded Fair like that. Uh, they get into a fight over a weapon, and Tony winds up... You don't actually know what happens. Yeah. You don't see it in that perspective. You see it from Ziva's perspective. She hears the gunshot, takes off running into her building, and Tony's on the floor, floor. and the guy is on top of him. But it's clearly there's there's been a fight. There's yes. been so because of that, she loses faith in in Tony. She loses complete trust in Tony, which she's told to- Tony so much stuff about her sister Tolly, mm-hmm. who died when when she was a girl and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and so that completely loses. She loses trust in Tony because she's like he killed the man that I could have loved, not right. that I loved, but that I could have. Loved. Yeah, uh, they find out that her father is the head of Mossad at that like at that uh-huh. point. Um, but she winds up leaving the team and staying in Tel Aviv when they return yes. home. And so that's the season ender. They do a lot of these fun cliffhanger things. Yeah, they with, do. With Tony and Ziva especially. Yes. But Ziva has been captured when they come back. Nobody knows really mm-hmm. what happened to Ziva. Tony can't let it go because he's Tony and he loves Ziva. He'll never admit that right mm-hmm. now. But he he knows that there's something wrong. Because basically he and... Uh, Gibbs, their boss, decided that when she was ready, she would call, essentially, to come home. Yeah. And then she doesn't. And then she doesn't call. And four months, I think, go by. I don't remember the time. It's real time with uh, with how long, like, Ooh. from May to September. She's captive from, like, May to September. Wow. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that it went real time. Yeah, because it starts off flashback in May and shows how they found... Right. Uh, how they found it. Episode Truth and Consequences, season seven opener. It's it's a brilliant episode. I mean, Michael Weatherly gets no credit for how good he is in this show. He's... Weatherly um, is fantastic. His At the very beginning of the episode, his character is given truth serum. He has no idea that Ziva is alive. He thinks at this point Ziva is dead. Mm-hmm. But they are going to get the guy who got Ziva. Period. Yeah. Like, end of story. Nobody is going to stop them. Uh, and they do. But Ziva's alive. So that Ziva comes home. She becomes yeah. an American citizen. And they kind of do a soft reset with their relationship. Mm-hmm. They don't... The, the the romance isn't there as much. It's still there because there's always sparks between the two. Yes, and I, a lot of that comes down to like I whether my, Michael and Cody oh, have man, yeah. such amazing chemistry. Um, but yeah, they... So basically for seasons, I would, season seven is when there's a great episode called Jet Lag as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is the episode where everyone wonders if they took their relationship to, to the next level. <laughs> right. I'd forgotten about that. It's the two of them in Paris is how the episode starts. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they end up being having to do stuff on a plane. It's a whole like case on a plane situation. But before case that, they have these really like great scenes, fun scenes of them in Paris riding mopeds and mm-hmm. riding a moped in Paris. Yeah. And, uh, and they take pictures together and all this kind of stuff. And then you find out the end of the episode, like somebody asked, I think it's Abby asked Ziva uh, where she slept because they only had one hotel room. Right. And Ziva said, oh, Tony took the couch. And Tony turns around and says, why did you lie to Ziva? Earlier in the episode, he told somebody that he took, or that, that Ziva had slept Abby, on the, yeah. cou- the couch. And so they're like, why did you lie to so-and-so? And so it's legit to believe they shared a bed in Paris. That, but it yeah. could have just been sharing a bed. But a lot of people say, oh, they, they kind of crossed the line there. They come back from it. Mostly because the, the reason that they don't really start dating on the show, I think, mm-hmm. is because Gibbs has rules. Yes. And Gibbs' rule number 12 mm-hmm. is you don't date a coworker. Yes. Gibbs' rules are infamous. They're... I hadn't really thought about it until... Because there's so much of Tony and Ziva that goes unsaid, but it's not said very loudly. It's said, it's said in a look. Like, just yes. across her... Like, a season... And I think it's season eight. He starts dating a girl named EJ Barrett. Yeah. Who works at NCIS. And it's just so obvious that she's only there... Like, he's only dating her. Right. Because she works in the office and she's handy that sounds horrible but like yeah. they're not she constantly like even on frame will walk in between ziva and tony mm-hmm. and and it's just it's such an yeah. obvious like this person yeah. is a stand-in for who he I really just, wants yeah i just hadn't really considered until we were talking about it just how much of tony and ziva's relationship was more suggestive mm-hmm. it's like it's more of in the eye of the beholder yeah and then, to be fair on a show like that that's really important on yes. a show like ncis that has been going it is on and, season 15 right now. Yeah. We're talking about really long shows today. Wow. But yeah, it's it's in the middle of season 15 right now. And I don't... I would stopped watching in season 13, yeah. like I said. But like... Uh, the, everything between Tony and Ziva is done in a look and a touch and a, a glance. Uh, a Ziva, phrase, yeah. Ziva will push Tony where other people won't. She'll they, follow him into the bathroom and make him talk to her even when he doesn't they, want to. They have such a push-pull relationship, yeah. but it works so well. Yeah, like, it, it brings they, out the best in Yeah, they, they are able, like, they challenge each other to be better because, you know, she basically, like, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, like, coming up with a reverse example, but Ziva, she never lets Tony get lazy. Like, mm-hmm. she never, you know, like, it would be easy for him to be lazy sometimes. And she never lets him do that. He teaches her to relax, I would say. Yes, the there we go. I was like... Because, like, even when I was talking about with her in the bikini. At, right. At, that literally only happens because Tony kind of, like, is like, we have a day off. That's we right. need to relax. You need to have some fun. Stop being crazy ninja assassin lady all the time. Yes. Like... He he loosens her up. Yes. In I, a lot I, of I, Yeah, I wasn't thinking about it from that perspective because... I love Ziva David so oh, she's much. She's such a great character. She she's one of my favorite characters in TV just in general. Yeah, she's um, amazing. And it's amazing like character. I love her enough that I based a D&D character on her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look. I did. Ashima. I I said straight up from from play 1 that Ashima is basically Ziva David. Yeah. Um and like so like sometimes I forget because I don't. I don't know what it is. I think like there's so much of Tony that just kind of runs together for me. <laughs> sometimes that like Ziva like 
Ziva's in a little bit more sharper focus for me. So I can, I remember like her pushing him and doing things. I remember her vantage point better than I do his sometimes. His, yeah. His thing is he's the big, like I said before, he's the big pop culture guy. He's the, mm-hmm. but slowly that starts dropping off and dwindling. Um, but yeah, season 10, uh, some really bad stuff goes down. Ziva's dad gets killed mm-hmm. uh, on American soil at the director of NCIS's house. And the director of yeah. NCIS's wife gets killed then too. Yeah, uh, which is th- those are some great episodes. Like if you like, there's a lot of good stuff in the show for acting wise and mm-hmm. and so like that. Like I really enjoy it. Mark Harmon does a great job as Gibbs, but Michael Weatherly was always for me the heart of the show. Oh, he absolutely was. Um, he and Abby together were like such a brother sister. Mm-hmm. Like I just loved their their connection, but also what they brought out and everyone around them. Right. Um, but yeah, so they, that's like season 10, I think, like I said, where her, her dad dies. And a lot of stuff happens that season. There's a great episode called Berlin, where Ziva starts to go after the man who killed her father. Mm-hmm. And Tony literally said, literally is ready to turn in his badge because he goes with her. And he's like, yeah, he puts her, I think the way the synopsis phrases it is he puts her above the team. He puts her yes. above his work. And like, there's, there's a cute dance scene in it, everything. Uh, they get into the car, they, they get him, they get into the car to go home. And they get into a car accident. Mm-hmm. But, like, they had just started holding hands. And, like, it was this really, like, beautiful moment. And we all kind of knew, okay, they've crossed the line. Tiva's coming. Like, we right. all we all knew. But then season, at the end of season 10, something happened in negotiations. We don't really know what, like I said yeah. before. And she decided to not return to the show. So they had to wrap everything up in two episodes. She, she gave them two episodes. Really only one episode. Yeah. Um. Because basically at the end of season 10, something else happens and they have to split up again. Um, which when you see the show in 15 seasons, that, that has right. to happen. But nobody knows where she is. So Tony spends the first episode of season 11 looking for her. And then he finds her at the end of the episode. And the next episode is literally all about the two of them mm-hmm. in this house in the countryside in Israel. And she tells him, you know, he's always had her back and... He brings her her uh, her Star of David necklace, which she returns to him. Mm-hmm. And you see them kiss for the only real times. I mean, they've kissed undercover and stuff. Yeah. But the only time Ziva and Tony have kissed is in that episode. Yes. And, like, they're in, an, I think, an orchard, and she kisses him. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the episode, he begs her to come back with him. It's, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. They're on, they're on the tarmac. The plane is waiting for him. It's very Casablanca. And he begs her to come back with him. And she kisses him and says, Tony, you are so... And she stops and she's fighting composure. Mm-hmm. Says, you are so loved. And then he gets back on yeah. the plane. And that is the last time we see... Them together. The real... We see the actual actress, Cody Pablo, playing Ziva, Ziva. David. Yeah. Um, and then you have, I essentially say, two seasons of Tony searching. Like, he, yeah. date, he dates somebody briefly in season 11 or 12. Um, he gets... He has one goldfish named Kate after the partner who died. Yeah. He gets a second named Ziva. Um, <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Which always amuses me. Because a lot of people thought he and Kate should wind up together. Um, mm. The 200th episode actually had an alternate reality where they yeah, did. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, but that in that same alternate reality, you had McGee and Abby together, which is another ship that could have gone that way and just didn't. Yeah. So it's like seasons 11 and 12... Um, I stuck with it. I really, I liked the new character that they brought in to replace her. I thought she was okay. Um, she's not my favorite character, but I really liked her. And her character was married to Jamie Bamber, who I'm on board with. You have this new character coming in and 
the interesting thing is Tony, I wrote this down, Tony tries, he struggles to go back to who he was before Ziva. Yeah. But that's impossible. You can't go he's, back. He's irrevocably changed. Yeah, she has, she has changed him completely. Um, and then for me, the out of character stuff, the reason I stopped watching the show is season 13. Mm-hmm. Um, there was literally Gibbs gets shot and gets saved by John Cryer of all people. <laughs> Um, he does a really great turn. I love John Cryer. He does a really great turn as a surgeon on the show. But Gibbs, the the thing about the NCIS team that I've always loved is I'm a big found family trope person. That is one of my favorite tropes. Yes. Like, like if you give me a found family show, you've got me. Mm -hmm. Um, but NCIS has always been a family to me. Like it's Mm -hmm. always felt that way. Oh, from the get go. With Gibbs as the father figure. So there's a moment after he has this surgery, gives us a surgery, and he's come back. This was one of the first episodes, like one of the first five or six episodes of the season. It had already been leaked that Michael Weatherly was leaving after Mm -hmm. the season was over. So I was already kind of in turmoil of, I don't know if I want to keep watching the show without Michael Weatherly. Like, I just don't know if I can do it. But then Gibbs turns to him at the end of an episode and basically says, why are you still here? You need, you want a family, go find a family. I'm sorry, he did find a family. family. That's what you all are. Um, And I just feel like a lot of that season, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe someone, you know, will hear this and be Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's totally not it. But it gives completely changes as a character. And I mean, some of that probably has to do with the the surgery that he has, and he opens up more, and Mm -hmm. he's a more, like, a much more open character, which is super weird. (laughs) Like, but I don't, I don't hate it. After 12 years of a closed-off Gibbs, it's yeah. slightly disconcerting to have the floodgates open. Yeah, and, and they're not open-open, but he's not... He smiles more. Where Gibbs is concerned, they might as well be wide open compared to where yeah. they were. I mean, I mean, Gibbs takes to smiling more. He takes to, like, being encouraging. Whereas before, he was more of a bark orders. He, yeah. He, and and he, he goes, expected people to do their job. He goes full pod person, basically. It, it, felt, it feels that way to me. Yeah. I could be 100% off... And I know he went through, like, a, a life-changing event, and so that could be why they had the character do that. But to me, the way he treated Tony for a few episodes, at least, I couldn't get behind. Yeah. Like, it just felt... It felt like the father figure is now telling Tony to get out. Yeah. And that just never jived with me. Like, yeah. I just didn't like it. Um, but like I said before, the end of the season, they have Ziva killed off screen, um, and it's revealed that she and Tony have a daughter named Tali. Uh, after her sister, which is why Tony decides he needs to be with her mm-hmm. t- to raise her. So that's why his character leaves the show. And like, I really love the things I love about Tony and Ziva are like the flirty things and the, the fun things, but also like the really hard moments. Like even yeah. watching the episode where you get Tali, cause I watched, I haven't seen that whole episode. I've just mm-hmm. watched clips and, and stuff of it because I, I just, I kind of stopped right. halfway through season 13. Um, and yeah, there's something about, even t- even him looking at a picture of Ziva is some of the most yeah. emotional stuff, and like it hurts good. It does, man. And like that, like I said, that moment when he he know or they they think she's dead and he's holding her necklace like a rosary. Yep. Like it, he's like this is his face. It's, it's very affecting. Yeah. Yeah, and he gives the necklace to Tali and mm-hmm. and something like that, and they they he says they're going to go to Israel and find answers. And then they're going to go to Paris because Ziva loves that city. Not Ziva loved Loved. that city. Loves. Which I thought was an interesting choice on Michael Weatherly's part. Mm -hmm. Um, More recently, Michael Weatherly's show Bull is doing, I think, fairly well. It's doing pretty well, yeah. Um, But he has has said that he doesn't believe Ziva died. 
And mm-hmm. a lot of fans had that same theory. It just oh, seems yeah. so unlikely for Ziva to be taken out by mortar fire. And her daughter's hallway was the only non-burned, non-burned hallway, hallway in the house. No. But somehow Ziva died? Like, yeah. that just doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people with Ziva being the character Ziva was. Yes. Um, so a lot of people say he actually went and met, met her in Paris. Like, that's mm-hmm. what... That's the fandom that... theory. And that's Michael Weatherly's, I think, personal theory. Because the night it I, yeah. aired, he actually tweeted a picture of himself with Cody DePablo at a yeah. bar. So, so yeah, I'm all for I, that personal theory. I do remember when this episode aired. Um, because I know you were not watching it. No. You were not. Mm-mm. I wasn't watching it because, well, I don't have cable. I was, however, on Tumblr. Yeah. And I saw people live blogging it. And so I checked the Tiva tag. And that was pretty much the general consensus of the fandom was that Ziva had survived and Tony would be meeting her in Paris. I'm like, I think that is just pretty much the fandom head canon at this point. I mean, the, like, so one of the other things on the episode that like makes me doubt it is like she packed a go bag for her daughter. daughter. Like, yeah. you can't convince me that someone has a go bag for their kid and they weren't prepared. Fair. Yeah. Because, like, Marina Sirtis plays the head of Mossad. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, we just had no idea it could happen to her. Please. Number one, Marina Sirtis' character is a sketchy woman anyway. <laughs> She's a so, shady lady. I love her, but shady. But, yeah, like, the, the thing that I was going to say, though, about Tony and Ziva, like, they start out, like, all spark. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all heat and no, and no uh, substance. And yeah. then... They develop one of the deepest friendships on the they show. They absolutely do. Like, they, there is nobody that she trusts more than Tony by the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony's the only person she tells where she is. Yeah. They're, they're not afraid to tear into each other, but mm-hmm. and also to be vulnerable with each other. Very true. When, like, like there's stuff like Tali said, she tells Tony about Tali. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's a moment he set something up for her mm-hmm. for, to remember Tali. And then uh, his father and he have a very rocky relationship but Ziva is always there for him with it. But, like, there's a scene, and you watched it. I was watching it when you got here, mm-hmm. uh, where Tony is talking about what she meant to him. Because mm-hmm. they believe she's dead at this point. Um, or she might be dead. Canon-wise, I think technically she's dead. I'm she, choosing to say they think we're, she's dead. We're saying dead with big air quotes around it. Yeah. But she says, uh, he, he says, he's looking at Gibbs, because Gibbs is telling him to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not working tonight. Go home. And he's like... She, we keep working when any other agent goes down. Why wouldn't we keep working for this? He goes, well, she wasn't any other agent to you. And Tony goes, no. Or Tony goes, she was a daughter to you. She was a sister to McGee and Abby. She was. She meant no more to me than she did to anyone else. And his father comes in. This is where it gets weird for me. But his father comes in and says, she meant more to you than that. Yeah. And and but the the but thing his reaction yeah. to it like yes the he's yelling and hitting the desk and he is like no we're going to keep working that's what we do when something happens we work and we make sure it all goes yeah. down we make sure we get the guy who did it and his dad goes you just need a minute to breathe i'll breathe when trent court is dead yeah it's like that's when i will take well, my minute to breathe like and weatherly just tour de force performance right and i was i the, yeah the thing that i was going to say is is when he's saying you know, she meant no more to me than she did to any of you. Like, there are tears welling in his eyes. Oh, and yeah. you, you just want to be like, no, dude, like, that's not true. It's like, I you are lying to yourself. Yeah. I, I mean, I think from his perspective, it's true. Because yeah. Gibbs, as far as we knew, Gibbs thought of her as a daughter. As far as we knew. Right. And like, Abby, Abby, when he, he they send the big guns to, to tell yes. him that at Ziva's dead, he sent Abby and McGee, which are the two little siblings, essentially, right. 
to Tony. Like, that's how Tony views them, 100%. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's there's a... There's something to him breaking down over her and not wanting to admit it. And then the moment he meets that kid, it changes everything. Yes. Which it would. Mm-hmm. It's just so brilliant. And I love that couple so much, even though they're not technically a couple. Yeah. I will forever love Tony and Ziva. And for, for me, for all intents and purposes, they were. And the thing... Yeah. The thing the thing that made them always feel like such a couple to me, even though they were never technically together, is that they they allowed themselves to be vulnerable with one another, mm-hmm. but they gave each other strength when they needed it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. like to me, like that was always like the defining characteristic of of the relationship that you had between Tony and Ziva. And that is why like for me, um like it, to me, like that's what like for me, like they were together without being together. Yeah, it was, exactly. It was one of those like it was just so obvious. They were never an official canon couple. Well, yeah, that's one of the other things in the the last episode. I've seen so many clips from the last episode yes. that Tony is on. He's sitting on a bench with McGee, mm-hmm. tell trying to tell McGee how much she meant to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly the how it goes, but it ends with him going, "I loved her, Tim." And mm-hmm. Tim just goes, "I know." Yeah. Like, and, and he and McGee have always had this, like, yeah, they're they're little brother, big brother, but they're also brothers. Yes. Like, there's nothing that can tear that bond apart. Right. For sure. And so that moment of him telling Tim, I loved her, and Tim's like, I know. Tim was there the whole romance. Mm-hmm. Like, he saw he the He saw whole it from thing. the beginning, yeah. And they, yeah, they just have such a great romance. And, and Weatherly and DePablo have such a great chemistry yes. that it, it sold it without needing... To, we didn't need to see them in bed together to sell it. We never exactly. did. Exactly. Yeah. Because like, you never, we didn't even know for sure if they slept together until Tali showed up. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this is a, this is a thing that we're going to try. Um, a little bit of backstory. Um, several years ago, you and I were kind of, it was sort of like we were taking a day trip. Yep, we were driving so back. We, we were taking a day trip somewhere. And like you do, we had, we had music playing. <laughs> And I don't remember what started it. I don't remember the song that came up on Shuffle. But <laughs> but we basically started playing a game. And we do this now. Like, anytime we're in the car yep. for an extended period of time, we play this game where we just put we just put our music players on Shuffle. And whatever song comes up, like, we, tr- we each try to pick a pairing to go with that song. I had the idea of kind of reversing that and like picking like we have our pairings that we're talking about and so I had the idea of like we like pick a song for them. Yeah. So what song did you pick for Tony and Ziva and like how did you come about picking it and like why do you why did you pick it? Okay, I was split. I had to text you about it. Yes, you did. <laughs> but I went with Goodbye My Lover by James Blunt. Okay. Um partially you have Goodbye My Lover, Goodbye My Friend because above all mm-hmm. else they were friends. Uh, you have been the one for me because I don't believe there was ever anyone else for Tony on the show. Agreed. Or Ziva. Uh, they dated other people, but it never mm-hmm. really. Uh, I'll be the father to your child mm-hmm. is a line in the song. And he is like, if you listen yes. to the song, it is a very sad side of it. Yes. And that's not, I felt bad choosing it because that's not all that there is to Tony and Ziva. No. But the way it ends canon, canonically totally. is so tragic that it fit. And it also fits for like episode eleven or season 11, eleven when he says when they say when goodbye. their goodbyes. Yes. Um. But yeah, goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one for me. And it's just like I hear those words, and mm-hmm. those are the people that that appear in my head. So it's when you texted and 
when you ask me for my opinion between that and the other song. Yeah. Um, Which will be another couple because I have yes. a couple. I have a couple of yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it fits. So that's why I'm not going to mention it now. Yeah. So we save it for later. Yeah. Um, was that like literally when I, I read Goodbye My Lover, I instantaneously could start picturing a fan vid to it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the one. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I was, like I said, I debated between that and finding something more upbeat. Right. Because they have a lot of upbeat, fun moments. Mm-hmm. But that was the one that I think ultimately defines their relationship. Yes, I agree. I love it. And the one that I chose, and I don't think you've, I, you probably haven't heard it. It's from an artist I know I've pushed on you a million times. <laughs> Um, but the song is When It Feels Like This by Matt Wirtz. This is an album of his, like, it's one of the few albums of his I don't have, mainly because it's weird, it's really, really weird, but after seeing him on the rock boat, that was when I kind of like, oh, I've seen it, like, I spent a week with the dude on a cruise, so I kind of, like, started tapering off a little after that. So some of his more recent stuff I hadn't really listened to, but when, like... I went through like a whole like rabbit hole of trying to come up with a song for Carol and Doug where initially I went with, um, I like initially I started with Andrew Bell because, because he, ha- he has an EP of songs mm-hmm. that's kind of set of like the, the singer is speaking to his love and the love is, is going through, um, like, there's a lot of medical references and, like, that this love being sick and stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe there's something there that I can springboard off of. And I thought of probably the most popular Andrew Bell song. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. But, so, like, I went from there and was just like, okay, who are my other, like, go-to artists? And started, I was like, okay, Tyrone Wells, mm, nope. Okay, Ernie Halter, no, nope, nothing there. And then I got to Matt Wirtz, and he has a few sort of, like, really, like, upbeat, feel-good love songs. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't quite what I wanted, so I just started, I was like, okay, well, like, let me go back. Like, let me go forward. And I saw this one, and and it I was just like, oh, that's it. Like, this, this is the one. I have been listening to it for two days straight, <laughs> uh, but I love it. But the... Um, the lyrics that got me it was um and mainly like i'm i'm here i like i heard it from the beginning i heard it kind of the song being more from like doug's point of view mm-hmm. because it's um a woman like you can do better but there's no doubt i'd like to be the one by your side every morning and night through the bitter the bland and the sweet i'll give you all that i have to give every moment i've got left because i'm starting to think that that love is worth the risk when it feels like this uh, but the line that really sold it for me was, uh, I'm a mess of a man, but I'll do all I can to make your dreams come true. Yeah. That's... That, it's just that line of, I'm a mess of a man. I was like, yes, that is Doug Ross. Yeah. <laughs> but he'll do everything he, he can, can for Carol. Yes. It was like, it felt so fitting. Um, but yeah, so those those are our song choices. Those are our yep. couples. Those are our OTPs of the week. Um, there will definitely be more to come. Oh, yeah. Did you have anything to add, my dear? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, I think that'll get it for this uh, this episode of Couch Buddies. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Couch Buddies, why not leave us a rating and review over on iTunes? And while you're at it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us by searching on social media. We're Couch Buddies Pod on Facebook and Twitter, on Tumblr at couchbuddies.tumblr.com, and you can email us at couchbuddiespod at gmail.com.